from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, this is the Entree Leadership Podcast, where I take calls from leaders like you about what it takes to win at any stage of business and leadership. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, with over 30 years of experience leading in the trenches right alongside you. If you've got a question and you want to participate in this show and talk small business, I love helping small business people. It is my one of my favorite things to do because uh, I think small business is the hero of the American economy, and I actually have data to prove it. Hey, if you got a question you want to ask the show, just fill out the form at entreeleadership.com slash ask, entreeleadership.com slash ask, and we'll get back with you, make you a caller on the show, or you can leave a voicemail at the phone number, 844-944-1070, 844-944-1070. Patty is first up in San Antonio. Hi, Patty, how are you? Uh, doing great, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, it's an honor to speak with you. You too. Um, my, so my wife and I own and operate a full-service uh, butcher shop, a meat processing plant with uh, about a team of 18 employees. Uh, we've had it for just over 10 years now. And our last year's revenue, we did $2.6 million. And my question is, after being, and still am, I guess, the, a workaholic, uh, I know you talk, hear you talk about this a lot, uh, how we entre- entrepreneurs are this, but how do you get past the guilt, uh, the constant guilt and anxiety feeling of when I take off work? Because when I take off work, I'm constantly thinking I should be here. Well, I mean, there's two possibilities there. One is you take off work and you should have been there because the place starts falling apart when you're not there. Or you take off work, they don't notice you're gone, and you're worrying about nothing. Which is it? Worried about nothing. Um, so it, run, it, runs, it runs fine when you're not there. Absolutely. Okay. Right. It, it's just a – I hired a manager two years ago, a, a, you know, a full – a, a real manager uh, two, about two years ago, and it's been phenomenal. It was the best business decision I've ever made. And uh, things run fantastic without me. We have a great leadership team. We have a good team. It's just you get that constant pull, and my wife makes me take off, which is a good thing. We do family things together, uh, but she has that constant, you know, you have that constant feel like I need to be there, but it's running I feel like sometimes I'd come back if we take a vacation or something like that, and it's ran better than when I was there. Yeah, I've noticed that too. (laughs) Okay, so there's uh, the first skill that people have when they open a business, the first phase of business, is they're a treadmill operator, and too much of the business relies upon them. And if you're not there, the income goes down, the place falls apart. If you want to level up and move to the next phase of business, the next stage of business, that's the Pathfinder stage. And um, that's where it no longer counts on you. But what you can run into there is a lack of clear direction. And that's square where you're sitting, buddy. There's no question that's exactly where you are. You have learned, you've put people in place that were quality people that you can delegate to. So you're no longer on the treadmill, but your body your, your mind, your spirit still feels like it is. Yes, sir. And, and I, I did the, I did the business assessment and it's exactly right. The, 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 the peak performance is right where you're, I feel 
like I'm too comfortable, yeah. but then, yeah, yes, sir, exactly. So when I hit that, one of the things that happened to me was I was in prayer one morning and just in my quiet time, and I felt like God was telling me I needed to do three things. I need to work on big things, broken things, and be the product. In my case, I am the product some of the time right now, for instance. Okay. So, but working on big things and broken things rather than daily things from that day forward, my goal for moving from Pathfinder to Trailblazer would be that I start working on, on the business rather than just in the business, as my friend Gerber says, who wrote the book E-Myth. Okay. And so what, what that means is then that, that uh, you transfer the energy that you had where you just run, 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 go, 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 go. You hold it all together uh, with duct tape and bailing wire. You transfer that energy to say, okay, I no longer work on that day-to-day stuff other than to look at the numbers and make sure the people that are doing it are doing it. But I, my, I work on big things, which is like opening a new store, a new product line for you, changing the pricing structure, or starting to do more on the internet and less in the click in the brick and mortar. Whatever it is, you whatever it is you're going to work on that's new or big, and that's what I spent my started spending my time on, dude. That was like 20 years ago, and that that has paid off for me big time to this day as the CEO of Ramsey. I'm always walking around the building and all I'm looking for is something big that I can help with or something that's broken that I can help fix. Because guys like you that start something from the ground up and like me, we know how to fix broken stuff. We can smell it a mile away and we know how to put our hands on it and start pushing stuff around and upset people and get crap done, you know? And, and that's exactly who you are. I can smell it on you. You it's, and it's a, it's wonderful. You're, you're going to, you're amazing. So I, if it's just a, an act of your intellect to say, okay, I'm no longer on the treadmill. I'm now at Pathfinder. So I've got to get clear direction for my own energies and for the energies of the team and, and, and point them in that direction. So working on uh, working on the business rather than in the business is the transfer. And eventually your body will say, oh, I'm not on the treadmill anymore. And it will allow you to step aside and rest. Uh, it was uh, one, two, three years ago after, or four years ago, maybe right in there somewhere. It was before all the COVID garbage was the first time in my life I took three consecutive weeks off. I had never done that in my entire work life. So that's, you know, and I, and we went to Africa and they couldn't find me. So they had to figure it out. Right. It was just completely handed off. But by then, obviously we had, and still do have incredible leadership in place at Ramsey to run day to day. And for that matter, solve big problems or anything that come up during a three week period of time. And you're already there. Your business is technically there. If you walk around and took and kept score, you're there. You could walk away for three weeks. It would not it, you probably wouldn't lose a dime, okay? But you, you, your business is there, but you're not there. You're still living four years ago when they needed you. And the way you felt needed was that if you weren't there, the thing fell apart. And that, made, that makes us feel important when we're founders, when we're entrepreneurs. But now you need to get a different kind of importance is the way I add value to the organization now, the way you add value, Patty, to the organization now is to work on it, not in it. That's a big distinction. 
and you're 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 doing great. Your brain and your body just have to catch up and, and learn a new rhythm. That's what it amounts to, and that's all. That's the only thing missing here. You'll get there. So you're you're really 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 doing good. Hey, coming up in the next segment, my friend Brian Buffini is joining me. He'll be speaking at the Entree Leadership Summit. He's a New York Times bestselling author. Known Brian for decades. He's in the Real Estate Hall of Fame. Incredible success story as a business guy, and you are going to love this guy. So hold on. Hey, America. This episode is brought to you by Trainual. Even when you're great at running the day-to-day, a lot of leaders struggle to delegate. But delegation is a critical leadership skill, and empowering your team by building that skill just takes having the right system in place. Well, Trainual is that system, and it's a game changer. Trainual is an easy-to-use app that helps document and organize everything about your company in one place. Clear outlines for every role and responsibility, step-by-step training for all your SOPs and employee handbook content, an org chart and directory. You can build accountability tests. Employees can even use Trainual's powerful search to answer their own questions. Companies using Trainual are cutting training time and related costs by up to 75%. Get started with over 300 templates and their world-class support. It's time to get your entire team playing from the same playbook. Visit trainual.com slash entree today for a demo and get 15% off your first year with code entree15. That's 15% off at T-R-A-I-N-U-A-L dot com slash entree with code E-N-T-R-E-1-5. Welcome back to the Entree Leadership Podcast. We'll be doing the Entree Leadership Summit May 31st and June 2nd. And if you don't have tickets, you're not coming. But you can watch it as a live stream. Yeah, we're going to be live streaming it. So check all of that out at entreeleadership.com slash summit. You can get a live stream ticket and include your team. One of our speakers is my good friend for many decades now, Brian Buffini, who joins us now. He uh, has a New York Times bestselling book called The Immigrant Edge. And he'll be talking about that. And it's one of my favorite stories. Brian is a great American success story uh, from Ireland. There we go. Just like that. That's right. Welcome, Straight off the boat. Straight off the boat, Dave. Glad <laughs> to be here. So good to have you. So good to have you. Let's dive straight into it because I, you and I have talked about this on air and off air on my back porch a couple times. Uh, the edge that an immigrant has. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, the interesting part is there's huge stats to show that people, no matter what their racial background, uh, cultural background, that people who are not born in America are outperforming Americans almost two to one. In America. Thir- in America. Yep. 13% of the population is immigrants, 28% of the entrepreneurs. You're four uh, times more likely to be a millionaire in America yep. if you're yep. an immigrant than if you're a good old boy who takes it all for granted. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, what happened for me, Dave, was I was at a conference and some fella get up and he, he, they'd done three years on this Harvard research study of millennials. And 51% of America, of the millennials said the American dream was no longer even possible. And I almost choked, you know, and I come to America with 92 bucks in my wallet, get run over by a car, have $250,000 in medical bills, and I'm a millionaire by the time I'm 26. So I, I you know, I'm choking on this. And so I, I started out, you know, researching not only my own story, but then all of these stories of people who'd come to America. And it was a fantastic experience for me. 
And just over and over and over again, saw people who came here with nothing, sometimes didn't speak the language, had very few resources, no family in place, and built tremendous businesses. And, and sometimes big, like one out of every uh, five Fortune 500 companies was started by an immigrant. I mean, we're talking big companies, small companies. People come with a wide open perspective. They see the land of opportunity. It is the land of opportunity. And, you know, I tell my kids, you're born here. You have the advantages of here. You know, these same principles apply to you. Now go do them, you know? Exactly. Because the good news is even if you didn't immigrate, for, immigrate from somewhere else, you can decide to use the exact same principles that causes that unusual probability for success. Yeah, and here's the thing, Dave. Like, where'd your people come from? You know, where did Ramses originate from? You know, uh -huh. you, you didn't start in Tennessee. No, where You think of your DNA. Where did it come from? It'd be Scotch-Irish, my friend. Right, we've right. Had, we've so, had this discussion before. I know. And so someone came and paid a price. And again, now in your case, you know, I, I ask, I'll ask the entree leadership audience to think about who came before, where they came from, and what price did they pay for the opportunity you have, and what would those people have done with your opportunity? Now, I'd have to say the Scots-Irish Ramseys be pretty excited about what Dave Ramsey's done with his opportunity, but I don't think most people have uh, fully optimized the opportunities that, that are here. They're complaining. They don't see the opportunity. You know, fish discovers water last. And we're in the land of opportunity. Fortunes are going to be made in the next 5, 10, 15 years. And if people listening to you today want to do it, they can. Absolutely. So you outline seven principles that, mm -hmm. the that gives an immigrant an edge. And again, anyone out there, immigrant or otherwise, can choose to sure. embrace these principles. Well, if somebody left New York and moved to Tennessee, they're an immigrant now. You're right. <laughs> so, you know, fair enough, right? The way we say it is, you ain't from around here, are you, boy? Yeah. <laughs> so, look, the first one is an openness to learn. Now, you and I, when we first met, we're talking about Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and all the influences. We're both personal growth junkies. And, uh, you know, so number one characteristic I've seen with immigrants is they have an openness to learn. Number two is a do-whatever-it-takes attitude. Just going to do whatever it takes. Um, number three, a willingness to outwork others. Now, that ding, used to ding, be a ding, lot... Ding, 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 ding. That used to be a lot harder. I don't think that's that hard anymore. Yeah, it's a low you know, bar now. Show up on time, yeah. do what you said you were going to do, and you're a hero. Yeah, you're a dadgum um, genius. Number four, I think, is, a, is, is a, a, what I believe is the missing element in American business today, which is the heartfelt spirit of gratitude. Uh, people are not, immigrants are grateful. Like I grew up in a great country. I'm very thankful for it. But I come to America and it's like Ireland in the 1980s was a third world country. You know, I came to America and I, was, I kissed the ground, you know, and so that, that would be that. And the next one is a boldness to invest. They're not afraid. They're willing to invest. They'll reinvest in their company. They'll invest in themselves. They'll, they'll get help. They'll, they'll, they'll put their money back into their business. They bet on themselves. Uh, the next one is uh, one you would like, of course, which is a commitment to delay gratification, right? I, I'm not sponsored by Ramsey Solution. I just want you to know that delay gratification is one of the key ingredients for immigrant success and what you've been preaching for 30 years. And then lastly, is an appreciation of where you come from, that you know where you came from. And again, if you started with a small business, you have an appreciation where you come from. I go visit you the first time I see your old car in front of the old building, right? And, yeah. you know, it, every day people would walk in there and say, there's Dave, was selling the books out of the back of the car. You know, you had an appreciation for where you came from, your staff, 
They knew your story. There was an appreciation for where you came from. And now you have all these beautiful buildings and a great campus, but there's still that appreciation for where you come from. And so here's the thing. Dave Ramsey is, uh, is Tennessee through and through, but you have all of these seven, right? You, you exemplify this, and I think your company does. So you don't have to be born outside the country. The American, the American dream should be first and foremost for Americans uh, to take hold of. And it shouldn't be the people coming from the outside are competing and beating you in the marketplace. So Rachel, my daughter, and I did a book a few years ago on teaching parents how to teach their kids how to handle money, smart money, smart kids. Mm. And we ended up doing an entire chapter and a half on this idea of gratitude. Grat there is something that is unleashed in uh, the human spirit that allows uh, space, allows margin to create success only when you learn gratitude. Gratitude mm -hmm. is, again, it's, it's a choice, and it's so missing in the culture that if you bother to have gratitude, it's the opposite of entitlement. Right. It's the opposite of taking it for granted. It's uh, I'm better than I deserve. I say it every day. Because I don't, I, I don't deserve, I, man, I've worked my butt off. I'm really smart, but this is still way better than I deserve. Right. And that, that's gratitude. That's a statement of grace about God's yes. grace for me, but it's gratitude to him and Jesus, but it's gratitude to our customers. It's gratitude to our military for creating a fam creating a country that's safe because they go around the world and risk their lives so I can be here and have the freedom to win. It's gratitude for everything around me. There's so much to be grateful for, and yet uh, and, and I, I find very few people who are whiners that are not grateful that become highly successful. Yeah. There's very few whiners who are winners, right? Yeah. And we know our old friend Zig Ziglar used to say, great and attitude make gratitude, right? And I'm not talking about the yoga pants type Oh, enter the space and roll up into the, you know, the fetal position. Won't, won't fit either one of us. <laughs> right. You know, how about this? The two most powerful words in business. Thank you. Yeah. When was the last time you heard it, Dave? Yeah. When was the last time you heard it? You, uh, we just did, my wife and I did a multi-million dollar remodel. We bought this barn. My daughter's on the U.S. equestrian team. And we put millions back into this horse property, yada, yada. My wife's statement, she's a very gentle soul, sweetheart, uh, Tennessee legend. Uh, she's a lady vol. Yeah, yeah. And um, she said, Brian, I've decided I'm going to do business with the people who are uh, least frustrated by me. <laughs> and I was like, uh huh? And she goes, yeah, I mean, they, I'm going to go with the people who are least annoyed. And, you know, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, we want to buy $12,000 worth of appliances today. I want to buy $100,000 worth of cabinetry. I want to buy this. And just all day long for two years, she felt like she was annoying people. <laughs> Trying to give and, them her money. Yeah, you know, right? But here's That's the, classic. It is. And here's the point. This is why you can, this is why an immigrant can come to America and dominate the competition. Because they communicate to their customers, thank you for your business. We really appreciate you. We never want to take your business for granted. Why? Because they're coming to a place where they actually can do business. I spoke overseas. You know, we've been in 50 countries training our systems. I was in one country, Dave. I'm not going to mention it because I wasn't supposed to be there, where they had 3,000 people in an auditorium, locked down, and it couldn't say what it was because it was illegal in that country to be an entrepreneur. Those people come here to America, and they, they blow up. And so you talk about this gratitude. Seriously, who thanks you for your business? Customer service, 
meet people, you know, from a salesman to a customer service throughout the organization. And I'll, I'll give you this. So this will give you a great, I was 1989 and David Dimbleby, the British interviewer, was interviewing George Bush Sr. And he, there's a great resume, right? Texas oil millionaire, head of the CIA, vice president for eight years, president, two sons, governors, one president, right? Pretty good resume. And Dimbleby says to him, what's the one thing you've done in your life to become successful? And George Bush had a response like on the tip of his tongue. And he said, well, my whole life, I've written 10 personal notes of thanks to people who came, I came in contact with the previous day, had a good experience with, I just wrote him a thank you note. And at the time in 1989, I was living in a little white house. He was living in a big white house. <laughs> and you know, and right, I'm gonna listen to the fell in the big house. <laughs> so I set out to write 10 personal notes every single day to people I came in contact with, to, to people I did business with, thank, you know, someone was looking at a house, I thank them for the privilege of showing them, on and on and on, and built a fortune. And today, like my company today, we have thousands of people we train. My company today produces over 10 million thank you notes a year for our customers to give to their customers. So I'd like to say I've made gratitude into a very successful business. <laughs> you know? Well, it, it, the, the interesting thing is it's so rare. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, uh, it doesn't require much thought. It just requires, a, a, you have to set your spirit on that dial, dial mm -hmm. position and not, not turn it off. Just stay there. Just, just constantly be a little bit amazed, a little bit aghast, uh, a little bit thrilled that you're still able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I do it for my customers. I do it to my staff. And then my staff do it to my customers. We just won, six years in a row, we've just won the best place to work in San Diego, right? We have 250 staff. It's a much smaller operation than what you have. And, um, but we keep winning this best place to work. And I believe because gratitude is what our customers feel from us. Gratitude is what our, staffs feel, our staff feels from us. And then gratitude is then what our staff give our customers. And so you put that all together. The next thing you know, people like working there. People like doing being your customer. The retention rates are high. And the profit margins are good. So guess what? Being grateful and thankful gives you even more to be grateful and thankful about. Yeah. It's called prosperity. Yeah. It's good mm -hmm. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Brian Buffini, uh, The Immigrant Edge, How to Make It Big in America, a New York Times bestselling book. Had the pleasure of having him on the show when that book came out, and we'll have the pleasure of him speaking for us uh, all at the Entree Leadership Summit. If you've gotten a ticket, you'll be in the room. Be grateful for that because there's not any more. And uh, now you can also be grateful for the fact that there's a live stream that you can sign up for at entreeleadership.com slash summit. You'll hear Brian and Malcolm Gladwell and uh, Dave Ramsey and Dr. John Deloney and Jordan Peterson and Willie Robertson and many, many others. It's quite a lineup. We're really, really excited and very excited that the one speaking engagement you took this year was us. So we're honored to have you, my friend. I'm glad things are going well for you. I look forward to seeing you in person again soon. Can't wait. I'm really looking forward to the Entree Leadership, and I'm bringing my team as well. So we're excited to be there, and it'll be a great time. It's going to be wonderful. Brian Buffini, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Brian. Good to see you, my friend. Thanks, Dave. See you soon. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. This is the Entree Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Ramsey. Thank you for joining us where we talk business, small business leadership, and uh, what it takes to win in the American economy today. If you want to be part of the 
show, all you have to do is leave uh, your question on the form at entreleadership.com slash ask or call and leave a voicemail at 844-944-1070. Jump in and we'll talk about your life and your money if you want to do that. And we'll talk about your small business, whatever it takes to get you to go in the right direction here. That's our game plan. Hey, running a business is hard. You spend all day putting out fires. You can become the CEO, the chief everything officer, if you're not careful. And that would mean you are at the beginning stages of business. We call that the treadmill operator. There are five stages to business that are very distinct. We can walk you through those, help you level up, learn what it is. There's six drivers that drive you through those. That's called the Entree Leadership System. And it specializes, uh, we specialize in helping you walk through that with our digital membership for business owners. It's called Entree Leadership Elite. It also has a lot of wonderful digital tools. Uh, most people's favorite is the weekly report tools. So be sure and check out all of those things. Elite is free for the first 30 days, so you ought to try it because it's free. If you're actually operating a business, you got five to 200 employees, this is going to help you a lot. And it's free. If it doesn't help you, you can drop out after 30 days and you're out of nothing. But you need to jump in there and try it. Entree Leadership Elite. Go to entreeleadership.com slash elite. It's free for the first 30 days. Did I mention that? Elliot's with us in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Elliot, what's up? Hey, Dave. It's such a pleasure to talk. You too. How can we help? Uh, so I own a real estate uh brokerage here in Jacksonville. And I'm just trying to find out with my first really successful year, Dave, uh, what is appropriate to pay myself as a salary? I've got a business partner, um, a family member, so there's trust, but I definitely would like to know that we're not, you know, obviously taking too much, taking too little, but at the same rate, we're able to still grow the business as we've been trying to for the past about eight years now that I've been in the um, real estate game. Cool. Well, I mean, to operate the business with a long vision, uh, a long-term mindset, you're going to have line items that affect your net profit. For instance, you're going to set money aside for HR, for uh, doing things for the team, blessing the team. Uh, we have a crazy big, wonderful Christmas party that we drop coin on here. Uh, we have a huge, massive battle of the bands. You probably don't want to do that one that we drop coin on here. Uh, we of course pick up stuff like health insurance and 401ks and those kinds of things that we drop coin on. So that's an HR fund, the human resources fund that affects, that's an expense here. And it's a way for us to invest back into the businesses, invest back into our most expensive line item in our P and L, which is people and payroll. So that, that's an example. Uh, of investing back in the business. Another one might be that you're trying to buy some equipment to grow the business with, some technology to grow the business with, a marketing campaign to grow the business with, and you want to invest back into that. So you line item that and set that money aside in that bucket to be used for that, even if it's later in the year, before you calculate how much you can take home. Uh, and then the last one that we've done for many years is just retained earnings. We take a, when we get to the very bottom, Right before we take our pay, we, uh, we set aside another percentage for growing retained earnings, the business emergency fund. And retained earnings is not only used for emergencies, it can be used for uh, a huge, like if you bought out a whole other real estate company later, 
and uh, brought them in under your wing and you paid them for that. You might have the money in retained earnings to do that you, later. You know? And so I systematically built our, our, our uh, nest egg inside the business. Again, business people call that retained earnings. And I do it every single month, and I have for 25-plus years, a percentage of our net profits before uh, the bottom, bottom line that I get paid off of is set aside uh, for, and so if there's not much net profit, not much goes in the HR fund. If there's not much net profit, not much goes into the increased marketing fund. If there's not much net profit, because it's a percentage, goes into retained earnings. So it doesn't, it, it can adjust as cash adjusts, but then when I take money out and take it, the rest of it's mine. I take it home. It's mine. It's why I work. It's why you work. It's why you own the stinking thing rather than work there. And so, uh, uh, and I can do that knowing that I haven't cheated the business in some way because I put into the budget the systems to make sure that the reinvestment into people, into the future, into emergency funds is done before I take home money. And then if I take home a ridiculous amount of money, I'm still okay because I've done everything at the office before I did that. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I guess for me, and knowing that my expenses are already, um, well, at least fixed for this year, uh, I'm trying to determine with retained earnings, we still have a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to call it an overage, but some cushion where I feel like we should be paying ourselves, the two owners, some portion of a salary. So we started out modestly, Dave, with a $500 each salary, um, which puts us at a thousand dollars, you know, twelve grand a year. It's not enough to, uh, you know, write home about, but obviously it earns us something uh, in terms of, uh, you know, funding. Yeah. I have a partner that's baby step seven, so she doesn't really need for the five hundred dollars. For her, it's just retirement fund, mm -hmm. and for myself, it's um, uh, going into retirement as well. So now the first thing not, I did is I worked it up to I had a hundred k salary. Um, okay, and I did away with that later. But I worked up to that. And I still, though, I still would challenge you guys to go back and look because you're going to be at 5000 before you know it from 500 if you keep making money and you keep growing, right? And if you'll set in place the systems, it allows you to do that without thinking about it then. You can burn your calories of your in your brain for other things. And so what I'm saying is, is that uh, you kind of have a feeling is the way you outlined it, Elliot, that your retained earnings is okay. But it wasn't based on a percentage. You just got a chunk in there and you went, okay, that feels pretty good. So now we can take 500 bucks. Instead, I'm going to say, before you get to that retained earnings number, make every single month's profit X percent added to retained earnings. Everything beyond that, y'all can take. It could be 500. It could be 5,000. I got you. Okay. That's what I mean by percentages. And if you, how big is your uh, office staff at the, at, I know you got real estate agents or realtors on, on staff there, but, uh, but they're independent contractors. How many, how, how about your uh, payroll? How, how many people on payroll? Zero. Zero. Okay. So how many, how many real estate agents are in the office? 14. Okay. All right. That includes so, myself and my partner. Yeah. So you're probably needing some administrative staff, aren't you? Uh, yes, I have a cousin that's uh, of our admin for a um, flat fee is the way we've structured it. So every deal that we collect a fee on, she gets a uh, flat uh, you know, percentage of that. Okay, not a bad way to start your first staff member. As long as cousin doesn't mean we settled. <laughs> no, she's a high-deep personality. Okay, 
That's okay. As long as she's, as long as we're not settling, that's fine. I don't. I mean, when you said cousin, it scared me a little bit. But yeah, but the uh, yeah, just just make sure that that we're getting you know that she's got a good deal for her. You got a good deal for you, meaning that this is a good business relationship. That she's providing more value than she costs, like all team members have to do. That's just how the math works. It's not a mean thing. It's just how math works. If you don't make a business or save a business more than you cost, pretty soon it goes out of business. So that that's the thing. But you got her on a, a, a you know a percentage of the deals. That's sweet. Very incentivized. Very helpful uh, to keep her motivated, and it keeps the team you know uh, uh, grateful for her being there and so on. So yeah, but you've you've got some staffing to do. Then reinvesting into that staff, reinvesting into retained earnings systematically, and then you can draw down. But it doesn't sound like you're making a, a, a big pile of profit yet that's a big problem for you. Uh, you'll get there, though, if you keep this up. Well done. I'm proud of you. Good, good, very, very, very good work. That's exactly how this is done. So that's what we do here, folks. We help small businesses. And some of them are real small. And some of them got 200 folks. And some of them do $2 million, And some of them do $20 million. And it doesn't matter. Most of the principles are still the same. We've grown this from a card table in my living room to what it is today. Thanks for joining us. We just got back from Summit 2024 in Dallas, and it was absolutely incredible, y'all. If you missed it, you don't want to miss the next one. Me and a few thousand small business leaders are going to Denver next May to hear from John Maxwell, Pat Lincioni, Dr. John Deloney, and many, many more. Plus, for the first time ever, we're doing reserved seating. The sooner you lock in your tickets, the better your seats will be. But hundreds of tickets are already gone. So don't wait. Go to entreeleadership.com slash summit to reserve your seats today. If you want to talk to a college professor in a think tank who's never made payroll, you're in the wrong place. I'm none of those. As a matter of fact, I'm their worst nightmare. They wake up at night thinking about people like me. Because I'm a guy who leaves the cave, kills it, and drags it home and have my entire life. And if you're one of those, you're going to love this. Because I do this every day. I've worked on problems all morning before I turned on this microphone. Worked on opportunities all morning before I turned on this microphone. And that's who we are here. This is real people that really actually run a freaking business, not theory. That's what Entree Leadership is, and that's certainly what the Entree Leadership Podcast is. If you want to be part of it, we'd love to have you. Just call us at 844-944-1070. Leave a voicemail, and we'll try to work you in to be one of the callers in the coming weeks. You don't want to miss this. By the way, if you guys like this, we appreciate that, both of you. We really appreciate both of you that like it. And so if you would help us out, I need both of you to follow this and subscribe. I need both of you to leave a five-star review. One stars don't help. Mama said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. And if we get two of you to do this, we got 100% recognition that we're awesome. So we need this to happen. Uh, seriously, share it, subscribe, and follow, whether you're YouTubing or Spotifying or whatever it is you're doing, and let people know it's here. All right, Matt's next. Matt's in San Antonio. Hey, Matt, how are you? Hi, Dave. I am better than I deserve. How are you? Better than I deserve, sir. How can I help? Um, well, I appreciate you taking my call, and I was just wanted to let you know I've been uh, working with my dad in the family business since 2021. Um, 
in January 2021, and we have five employees and do roughly 200 to 300,000 in revenue. Um, and I'm wondering how can I find or build some sustainability for the future despite struggling to cover our payroll, 941 back tax, gas, and other overhead costs. Um, Very cool. Okay. So you're an HVAC tech? Yes. Your dad and your dad is, and that's how he started the business. Yes, sir. He started by himself. And you're, you're, you're how old? I am 25. Cool. How old is he? He's 52 going on 53. Wonderful. How long has he had this business? About 16, 17 years. Okay. So most of your life, you remember him doing this? Yes, sir. Okay. Very cool. And, and you said you've got, uh, five people or six people. Is that right? Five, six total, uh, five, including me as employees. Okay. How many of those are techs? Four. Okay. So one office, I, one I, office staff, your dad's still going to field work on units. Sometimes a lot of times he's like half and half. He's in the office with me and he's also in the field. Mm-hmm. Me, I was in the field a lot of 2022 and midway through 2021, but today I'm mostly in the office. Gotcha. Okay. Well, for 16 years, your dad has carried the water. And for a large portion of that time, he has really just owned his own job. He didn't really own a business. Mm -hmm. When you don't work one day and there's no income, that means you own your job. You don't own a business. That's the beginning stage. We call, again, we call that the treadmill operator. And you guys are halfway between treadmill and Pathfinder, which is the, where you get to work on your business, not just in it. Because your dad's still making calls, so that tells me he's still got one foot in the boat and one in the dock on the dock. Right? Definitely. Yes. So if he, if he doesn't make calls, if he still doesn't go out and fix a unit every so often, income goes down. So, that's, uh, it's, it, so to answer your question, how to get more profitable is you and or your dad have got to get up above this. And it's not to say you're too snotty or too stuck up to make a call. Uh, you need to always be willing to go out there and fix something and not, not find out what the, is happening with your techs and what kind of customer issues they're running into and all those kinds of things. There's nothing wrong with sampling it. But I want to get it where it's not based on just you two. And uh, then the second thing I want you guys to look at is your pricing structure, because you're not making much profit. You're doing a good gross revenue, but I can tell by the way you ask the question that you're not exactly bailing money over there. Am I right? <laughs> no, sir. Well, actually, I keep the transaction register, and uh, I've been negative because uh, for the last three weeks, at first it was like negative 10,000 with the payroll and then the next week. And this is what I do is I transfer the amount I'm going to need for 941s and everything that goes through in payroll and then uh, insurance costs at the end of the month. So those costs haven't gone through, but the transaction register is accurate and it's showing that we're, you know, we're operating at a loss basically. And there's been several times where it's, uh, I mean, the bank has gone negative and, uh, some most most weeks were uh, roughly five thousand to ten thousand in the bank, so okay. it's it's stressful. <laughs> yeah, that's very stressful. So I, I did. I, I thought I smelled that in the air, and it was in the air. Okay. So and then here, I'm, here I'm let sorry, me let me again. Your dad is about as hardworking a dude as there is on the planet. Your dad is a good man, but he has to move from, and you can help from being an HVAC tech to being a business owner. 
And because when you're just an HVAC tech and you've got numbers like you're facing, Matt, what we try to do at that stage, and I did it too, is we just try to work harder. <laughs> yes, sir. We just try to do more. And it's like, okay, we're losing 50 cents a watermelon. We need a bigger truck is the old joke, right? And so that you right. know, let's, we'll make it up on volume. No, you won't, because your pricing structure is wrong. You're not making a profit because your pricing structure is wrong. Because you're doing the calls. I, I think your guys are in the field working, aren't they? Yes. You're just not charging enough. You know, a lot of times it comes back to um, we we have to return to a call several times over. Uh, or like a couple times over, and then there's been some installs where the guys will finish, and a week later the customer calls back. They go back, try to fix it, and ultimately it ends up in him having to go back and figure out what's actually going on. Okay, then you got so, some techs that aren't doing their job. The customer, the stinking thing, went over there, fix the stinking thing, it ain't fixed. You get about right. three of those, and then you're not working for me anymore. Because not only are you right. pissing the customer off, you're costing me a lot of money. Yes, sir. And that is, you know, that is the way it makes me feel. But I, I have trouble because I'm not actually the owner and I don't have the authority over the employees to say things like that. So, Well, no, you don't need to you say know. it. You're 25. That won't work. <laughs> right. But you got to sit down with your dad over coffee. You need to start. Hey, my son Daniel came to work here 10 years ago. And I started having breakfast with him every Tuesday morning for an hour. Sometimes we talk about business. Sometimes we talk about my grandkids, but sometimes we talk about whatever, uh, university of Tennessee sports or whatever else. Right. But, but, uh, but, but what you and your dad need to start having that. So you can then say, dad, the reason we're losing money is we're having to do the same job four times. Cause these guys suck. That's what you just told me. Did I miss something? N no. No, and so it's just a listen, you don't get to stay if you suck. That's a basic tenet of life. So we're going to so start. I have brought this. Yeah, go ahead. I have brought this to him, and, and he's told me that um, you're, what I'm telling him is he needs to get rid of everybody and do the work himself. No, that's and not I'm what I'm like, telling you. I'm telling you, you need to get people that exactly. can do the work. Right. You know, listen, you can't win the Kentucky Derby with donkeys. <laughs> yes, sir. It's thoroughbreds, thoroughbreds. Right. And you got, you're sending donkeys into people's houses and then wonder why they don't tell their friends about your company. Well, they do tell their friends about your company and it ain't good. So you're messing up your whole marketing and brand in the area, your reputation, everything else. When you have to go back four times, let me just tell you, you got to come back to my house four times, to fix something. It's the last time I'm going to have you over there. I'm not mad. It's just, I got to, I, I just, you know, you got one job. Fix the heat and air. You can't do that. Then I need to get like somebody that can fix the heat and air. This is one job. So, you know, it's not, it's not like this is brain surgery here. So, you know, your guys have got to change. You got to change their level of responsibility, their level of professionalism, uh, their level of competency so that they can make one trip and then your profit will go up is what you're telling me. It's not a pricing issue. It's a quality issue. And you're hurting your marketing. You're hurting your reputation because the, let me just tell you, they go in this lady's house. It ain't the husband you got to worry about. It's the lady because she'll put it on freaking Facebook that you suck, you know, and that's just, you don't need that.
You don't need that. And she, my wife goes to the Y, and with all this little running herd down there, a the little herd of them, they go running. And if you piss off one of them in the running herd, you're going to get no business from the running herd. And that's how you make your whole living in small business is the running herd at the Y. You get out, at the, there's a grapevine in this stuff that's very real. Social media makes it even more, but this is real. And so you go in, you, 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 but if you go over there, you put the little booties on your feet, you don't mess up her house, you fix everything, you're on time, they never have to call you back. That you, you won't be able to beat business off with a stick. You'll have so much business, you won't be able to do anything with it. Quite the opposite you got right now. Y'all are working six times as hard as you need to be working to make the money you're making because of the quality. So, Matt, you and your dad have got to fix this. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Nothing stays status quo. It's either growing or it's dying. This one's dying. It's getting worse. And so your dad's right. I don't blame him for being frustrated. I don't want to do all the work myself. I don't want to do it. I, I can't write code, but I, so I got to get people to write code, but I got to have thoroughbreds writing code. I'm not going to do the accounting. I know how, but I hate it. So I'm going to have to have thoroughbreds do the accounting. I got to hire people that can do it. I'm not going to do whatever it is around here that I don't want to do. I'm I work my butt off like your dad has so that I don't have to, but I got to have thoroughbreds doing it or I got to do it or I got to be the, be the guy who goes, either you do this right, or you don't get to be part of the Ramsey team, part, part of our team. If you can't fix heat and air, we got heat and air on the door, heat and air on the truck, and you can't do heat and air. This is a problem. It's a problem. So, you know, you just, you're going to have to move some people on if they can't get their crap together. Uh, that's what that amounts to. So it's, it's sorry, man, but it's, it's not really any harder than that. And you're right. You're in a tough position at 25 years old to talk your dad into it. You can play this back for him. I, I admire guys like your dad, but if he doesn't fix this, it's going to, it's going to cave in on y'all. You're going to have to deal with the quality issues. Hey, remember a better, a weary warrior than a quivering critic. Leaders serve. Leaders are active, not passive. Leaders act on principle, not appearances. This world needs more high-quality leaders. So choose to lead. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Thanks for listening to the Entree Leadership Podcast. <laughs>